0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Craig Smoke, Sikkim365.com with a rapid reaction podcast as the Baylor Bears fall on homecoming, 30-18 to 18 at the hands of the Iowa State Cyclones. And with that loss, Baylor now 3-5 and five overall in the season, back below five hundred in Big 12 play, now at 2-3, and, and the most damning stat of them all when it comes to their record, 1-5 at McLean Stadium this season. That's right, 1-5 and five at home this year that favorable eight-game home schedule has been anything but. And yet, with uh, a month to go, still a couple of those home games remain, including next week against Houston. But uh, we would be fools at this point. Fool me once, fool me twice, have fool me five times at home this year. Uh, I'm very interested to see the spread for that game next week as the Cougars got destroyed by a surging Kansas State team, a very good Kansas State team. But that Baylor-Houston game next week at McLean Stadium will be something. I don't know if it'll be something good, but it will be something. And that's an important home game. That's an important home game for this Baylor football team. But this was, too, against Iowa State. It was homecoming. There was a lively crowd. And considering the storms and the downpour that occurred off and on throughout this game, but particularly at the very beginning, uh, this was a crowd that stayed lively, just said, hey, we're in the rain, we're going to have fun, splish splash, just give us a good game to watch. And unfortunately, the Bears weren't able to really accommodate that. It looked there for a moment briefly, like they were going to strike hot uh, right at the outset, but couldn't connect on a big play to Drake Dabney. And what would have been a, a huge you know, momentum builder right at the outset of this game instead is just an incomplete pass. And uh, you flounder your... First drive once again, and the once again part is going to play into these few minutes that I'm going to spend talking about this game because it's Groundhog Day. Many of the things that I will point to in this game have been the things in the game before that, and the one before that, and the one before that, and so on and so forth to where the Bears find themselves now at 3-5, and and certainly uh, not scoring on your first drive has become quite commonplace and you had an opportunity this wasn't one of those where you just got stuffed and rooted out and thrown to the wayside to start off the game but you had an opportunity and a lack of execution uh, doomed you from being able to catch the football and and make a big play with it and instead uh, you turn the ball over after your first drive uh, punting it away and Iowa State proceeds to Shove it down your throat and put points on the board on their very first drive and put you immediately uh, into a hole pretty quickly. And they would never relinquish the lead the rest of the way from there. Um, And Iowa State, you know, give them credit. That's a team that executes well. That's a team that, you know, is just strong. They have a, a strong identity, a strong foundation. They have some pretty good players, but this is not the most talented Iowa State team or the most experienced Iowa State team or the. Grittiest Iowa State team, or any of those things, but they were better than Baylor, and I think that was pretty clear after today. Better coached, uh, better executed, better played—you um, know, all those things that you would take into consideration and put a little point system together—they would come out on top, uh, program-wise, and. Uh, today they came out top on uh, came out on top on the scoreboard, uh, thirty to eighteen. As I mentioned, the final score here, and it was made a little bit interesting later in the game. Not incredibly interesting, but at least there was a little moment in time there, uh, late in this one, in the fourth quarter, where you saw an opportunity where if things fell just a certain type of way, Baylor might find themselves having an opportunity to make this a very interesting game and put a little pressure on the Cyclones and and maybe even walk away with one heck. of of an improbable type of win, uh, but just not able to execute well enough uh, in this one to be able to uh, to pull that off. And so uh, just getting down to the bare bones of this game and saving the particulars for later on throughout the rest of this week and all the various avenues that uh, we'll be speaking and, and writing on, um, that's where the particulars can go. As far as this game itself, there's a couple of positives. Dawson Pendergrass with a couple of touchdowns. In a day that was otherwise very forgettable for the running game, Groundhog Day. Uh, Monterey ball went with over 100 yards and the big catch, big touchdown from uh, Blake Shapen they kind of sparked things there for a moment. Um, That's Groundhog Day in a good way that Monterey has been uh, performing pretty well each week. Uh, But, you know, just another week where you didn't execute very well. Another home game, another week at home, which you've done five times in seven weeks, where you just weren't very good. You had no home field advantage, really, to, to speak of. You didn't send the fans home happy. You didn't give them many reasons to get excited. Um, missed tackles uh, remain an issue. I don't, I don't know what that boils down to exactly. I'm not a coach. I'm not an analyst or pretending to be any of that stuff. And so I really have no idea uh, why that remains such an issue with uh, you know week seven now in the books or no week eight now in the books. Uh, slow starts, more groundhog day there as well. Uh, missed opportunities, you know groundhog day there as well. Lack of execution, groundhog day there as well. Uh just a it's a lack of fire. And I don't I don't want to get back into the energy conversation, but I mean it's just flat. Just flat. You know I grew up in there was a rain game. I got excited for those. I didn't play big time college football or anywhere close to that. But, you know, I think of my Pop Warner, my middle school, those types of days. And the rain games were fun. And you're at home and it's homecoming. And I don't know why I have to pep talk this team, you know, when when these types of uh, performances or these these losses happen. Not that they always need it, but just to me it would seem logical that there would be some excitement. And, you know, maybe if you connect with Dabney, he catches that ball, you score, you get out to an early lead. Maybe that changes the whole direction. But the crowd was lively. They stuck it out through the rain. Shout out to everybody that did that, because, uh, man, it was it was pouring down rain throughout that game at various intervals, and a lot of people stuck it out, probably because a lot of people came into town for homecoming and had traveled a long way. You might as well just stay. Whatever the reason being, you gave them little to no reason to get excited about much of anything, and then they're late when you kind of sort of started to rally a little bit. Uh, it never got all that close to, to really threatening uh, Iowa State, but... Yeah, Groundhog Day, home woes, lack of execution, miscues, missed tackles. Um, and I don't want to keep repeating myself because i I got a, like a little list I put down. I think I might have mentioned a couple of these already, so I'll just leave it at that. But you can pick up the ball and run with it uh, however else you would like. But yeah, just a, a bad game uh, once again for this Baylor football team. Credit to Iowa State. There's a reason why they're now 4-1 and in the league, and they are tied for first place in the Big 12, and they find themselves right in the thick of things with Texas and Oklahoma after OU's loss earlier today. They now have one loss, and then there's K-State as well. Not far behind, you got Oklahoma State, who could very well join that group by the time that you uh, listen to this. Then you've got KU and West Virginia at 3-2. and that are nipping on the heels as well with a month to go left in the season, so a lot of things can happen. But uh, Iowa State firmly in the mix in the Big 12 and Baylor firmly out of the race and and, and really uh, has been, you know, not on paper but based on the eye test for a while now. Um, so any thoughts that you may have had that they could find themselves after the Cincinnati win, getting another win, and then maybe going and beating Houston? Then you got a three-game win. Like that was all just put to the side and uh, extinguished – pretty quickly, uh, today against the Cyclones. Um, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss with certain parts of, of how this is functioning and certain ways this looks at times. There were positives. Dawson Pendergrass with a couple of touchdowns. He ran really hard, but at the end of the day, he still ended up with, what was it, like 35 yards, I think, total on the day. So it wasn't like it was some sensational 37 yards, excuse me, on eight carries. But the two touchdowns were big. Um, Beyond that, Dominic Richardson had a couple of runs here and there. Richard Reese, I don't know what his deal is—if you know he's just hurt or whatever—but 25 carries, 67 yards total for the running game today, as compared to Iowa State's 35 for 162, well past their average. They were running for 4.6 a pop, um, and their yards uh, per play uh, was, you know, just. You can't do it uh, if you're Baylor. Uh, 6.1 yards per play. 6.1 yards per play is what uh, they gave up as compared to Baylor's 4.6 yards. Um, And you can go down all sorts of stats and whatnot, but, I mean, if you watch the game, you know what the deal was. Uh, Iowa State was just better. They executed better. They coached better, played better, uh, did all of those things. Uh, But Dawson Pendergrass was a bright spot. Monterey Baldwin having another 100-yard game and another score, that was cool. Um, but beyond that, just a lot to go back to the drawing board with or a lot to uh, go and review and try to do better next time, even though a lot of these things are things that we've been talking about all year at this point. Uh, I do hope Ketron Jackson's okay after taking the big hit early on. That certainly was a blow to Baylor's offense and to probably their offensive plans, I would imagine, and especially with the big game that he had last week, to have him basically be a total non-factor uh, after getting uh, just – hit hard uh would not be surprised if it was concussion uh but was not surprised at all to see him uh leave the game because he got just nailed uh early on in that one and you know that certainly dealt him a blow but uh man other guys got to pick up the the pace And, and Monterey Baldwin did that uh but just not enough elsewhere uh Pendergrass did contribute in the in the receiving game as well so I'd say he'd be 1b as far as you know players of the game go uh, but beyond that just not a lot of good on any side of the uh, the, the coin uh, this week and, and not even special teams couldn't even get excited about that you had the the missed extra point uh, as the downpour the timing of that really uh, I think affected things to give them a little bit of credit. Uh, But that was something that was a bright spot last week. That was just sort of another flame extinguished this week. And so just not good, folks. I mean, it's just not good. And next week, it's Houston. And that is going to be very interesting to see what that early spread is. It's going to be some other word more than interesting if the Bears aren't able to correct these home woes against the Cougars. Uh, That will be quite the conversation to have after that game. I don't know, like I said, what the spread's going to be. I'm very curious to see it, though. I would think Baylor would be favorites, but then again, I don't know. I, Houston was crushed by K-State. Baylor, obviously, at this point, everybody kind of knows they're, who they are. So very curious to see that that point spread when it comes out and to see who's favored. Uh, but either way, no one's going to be favored heavily, and that's going to be a bit of a, just a crapshoot. That's going to be a you know, whoever wants some more, whoever plays better situation next week. Uh but that's one that I I think that's like that's basically a must win. Not for bowl chances or anything like that, but just for preservation's sake and just for uh just to keep this thing from going full meltdown mode. Uh you gotta beat Houston next week. But that's what's now on tap. Uh but just more of the same. Slow start, missed tackles, lack of execution, drops, um, you name it, uh it hurt them today and the rain and the weather didn't I don't think changed the outcome of this game by any means, but it certainly added a little bit of insult uh, to injury. It felt like when all was said and done, because not only are you walking out of the stadium after another loss, but you're walking out, you're soaking wet. And so that, that wasn't a whole lot of fun, uh, but shout out to the fans that tried to keep it entertaining, tried to keep having fun. And were there there uh, when it looked like Baylor, maybe later on in that game could kind of string something together. Alas, uh, never got all that close, but uh, I thought that there was some great crowd support today, given the circumstances. And it's just a shame that once again, uh, they are not sent home happy. And so, uh, yeah, that one next week is going to be something else. So we'll get into more particulars throughout the week, uh, but thumbs up to you know Monterey Baldwin, Dawson Pendergrass, maybe a couple of things here and there, but a lot of the same. And that's not good. Uh, when the same has, has been what it has been through most every game this season, save for a couple of late road wins, and of course the Long Island win, which nobody is, is really tooting any horns over, so three and five, two and three in the big twelve, one and five at home, can they put some some uh, wins together over this final month we'll have a pretty good idea next week. Uh, depending on how that Houston game goes. But it's a tough one. And another one where you just go back to the drawing board or you just shake your head and you wonder how, when, and if this can be corrected in some way over these next few games. But, I mean, it's not going to be corrected to championship level. Uh, It's ruled out as impossible, basically, now, based on the numbers of of games played. But can it be respectable by the end of this thing? Can it be better? Uh, Can it be... Something that gives you optimism about what is going to be happening moving forward. They're running out of time to accomplish those things. And if anything, they're going backward with a performance like today. So, not a good one, uh, but it is what it is. And you move on to next week. And we'll obviously dibble dabble with this one on the podcast and radio show and all that. Uh, but closing the door on, on this Saturday and going to watch some other college football and get the taste out of my mouth. And hopefully, you all. Uh, are able to do the same but a tough one 30 to 18 Bears fall now 3 and 5 on the year and up next the Houston Cougars in a similar spot but also a new team to the Big 12 and yet they've uh, they've had some moments today against Kansas State wasn't one of them but they've had enough moments and seeing what Baylor's done to give you a little bit of pause on, on how that game might go next week. So we'll talk about that all moving forward over these next few days. But until next time, this has been the Rapid Reaction Podcast on Sikkim365.com.